Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. Today, we have Dr. Marisa, and she is a functional practitioner and the author of seven books. In this podcast, we talk about exhaustion, chronic fatigue, protecting your energy to continue to grow and serve, and morning and evening rituals. We also learn which oils are best for inspiration, under stimulation, and showing up for your great work of the day. Enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast, featuring leading voices in 2019, supporting women to fully show up, connect to their feminine authenticity and truth. I am your host, Erin Rachel Doppel, bringing light to the marriage between Eastern practices and Western psychology, while encouraging you to show up for yourself and the world around you. May this be your time to shine. May you show up. I am super pumped about today's guest. We have Dr. Marisa Snyder. She is a functional medicine practitioner and the author, author of seven books. Welcome, welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. How did you begin this incredible journey? Absolutely. Well, before, probably right when I was writing book number one back in 2009, 2010, I had just gotten into practice. I was taking care of women predominantly, women who were dealing with hormone issues, but maybe didn't know they were dealing with hormone issues. Even 10 plus years ago, we it was kind of this like gray area where we didn't really know what was going on. And I don't know how because it's 50% of the population, but you know. Um, so I myself started to have some pretty crazy symptoms around my hormones as well. Basically, I was dealing with massive chronic fatigue. And I remember getting up in the morning and it felt like there was this invisible hand trying to shove me back into bed. And it took everything for me to crawl out of bed, to get ready, to go see my patients. And I just, I, I would be just enough energy to get through the day. And then I would just, just slam back onto the ground. And it wasn't like this happened overnight. It took me many years to get here. A lot of racing and proving to people. And, you know, my, I, I, a long time ago, I, I learned from probably a very early age that my worth was predicated on how much I did for others and how busy I could be. And I basically just did that until I wound up on the ground. So I, here I am dealing with my own hormone stuff. It kind of just accumulated over time, taking care of women who are pretty much in the same boat as myself. And we're all just kind of looking around like, well, what do we do with this? And I remember going to another doctor that a friend of mine had recommended, because even practitioners, we should never self-diagnose, never the best idea, because you're kind of biased to what's going on with you. So I went, got the labs done. Sure enough, they validated my hot mess moment. They, they were like, yes, you, you've got some stuff going on here. Um, but I remember this doctor, you know, because their job is to prescribe and give you what you need. And she gave me a prescription for Xanax and a prescription for birth control. And I remember looking at these prescriptions and thinking to myself, like, we can do so much better than this. We've got to be able to do more, be much better than this. Neither of these solutions were as a, was a solution for me. And um, before I was a practitioner, I was a biochemist. And I had, I mean, we're talking about the full regella. You like the, the, um, the, the goggles, the pocket protector, the embroidered lab coat, I had it all. And um, so I knew how to research and I knew that I wasn't the only woman. My story wasn't unique, but I knew that I, I cared enough and that I was determined enough to find out how we can start to heal women. And I wanted to be a part of that solution. 
I wanted to be, a, I wanted to open the door that we felt knowledge, like not only we felt educated and empowered, but we knew how to ask the right questions and we knew about our bodies. We knew how our cycle worked. We understood how our hormones were functioning so that we could really get to that place where we felt amazing. And then we were doing the things that we really wanted to do. Because when I was sick then, it was a struggle to do the things that I really wanted to do in the world. And I know that so many women feel that way. Like they have these big goals, these beautiful ambitions, but when we're not feeling a hundred percent, it can be really difficult to kind of get to that place. So it has been my life's work this past 10 plus years. I am a massive advocate for women's hormone health and I, everything that I do every day that I wake up, it's all about getting that message out there so that women are living their best life. This is absolutely essential, and this is really, I think, the hottest topic today. Women are taking their health into their own hands, and I love that visual you offered. I feel oftentimes we wake up in the morning, and there is this invisible hand, this invisible force saying, lay back down, girl, like sleep, rest, like rest it off. What are some tools we can do right now if we are suffering from exhaustion? Absolutely. So I think the first thing that's important is to protect our energy. You know, so often we're just, we're giving it out like it's candy. And so, and we, we have, we've brought on a lot of things, a lot of priorities. We're taking care of a lot of, a lot of different people in our life. We're managing careers. We just have a lot of things going on. And sometimes I feel when we are so spread apart, when we're not protecting our energy, we, we it can feel very overwhelming. And that could lead to what I call perceived stress. Because at the end of the day, even if it's just perceived, even if it's just a worry, it's, it's creating a physiological response in the body and it, it creates a physiological toll. So I think that the more the more that we can protect that energy of ours, the more that we can set ourselves up for success. And two ways that we can do that is having a morning and an evening ritual where we set the tone for our day. It's it's and I like simplicity. I also love ease and grace. I can talk about all the best supplements. I can talk about all the best food. I can talk about all those things. But I think what's really important is that getting that mindset around protecting our heart and protecting our energy and starting our day where we it's alignment with what we want to create before we pass it on over to other people's needs and desires and requests. So my day always, I have a very similar morning ritual that I start with every single day where I align myself with what, what is my highest good? What is my highest priorities so that I don't get sidetracked by everybody's extra? You know what I'm saying? Um, because when you get caught up in everyone else's energy, you know, it, it's who, who knows what the rest of the day is going to look like, you know, so that is a big part of it. And then having an evening ritual, you know, back in the day, I used to Tasmanian devil my way into bed every single night. You know, you know I had crazy mental chatter because I was solving the world's problems at one o'clock in the morning. And so I think it's important to have a ritual where we just really wind down the mind and set the tone for deep, restful sleep, for relaxation, so that we can really give ourselves that and that energy that we deserve the energy reserve so we can start another day and have a really great day all the powers in the morning and evening routine i absolutely agree and i think what i've found and what i i work with most of my clients is on cycle syncing with your morning and evening routine for different phases where you are in your natural circadian rhythm your natural menstrual cycle maybe during your period you don't want to do anything fine you do you I infinitely support. But when you're ovulating, guess what? That's the perfect time to wake up and go run those couple miles. And that's the morning routine for them. 
So what about this morning? What did you do for your routine this morning? Yes. So I started with, so I'm a big, big proponent of essential oils. I am essential oil junkie. I love them. And so I started my morning with a citrus essential oil, wild orange. It's the oil of abundance. It's the oil of energy. It smells amazing. It literally fires off the important happy neurotransmitters. So I start my morning, literally it's at my bedside. I get a little couple drops. I have a little like a little blend right here. I put it on my palms. I breathe it in, and it just really just just has my limbic system running the way that I want. I go into the kitchen. I get a warm glass, a big warm glass of water. I do it with lemon and a little bit of apple cider vinegar. I make a green smoothie, and then I have a journal. Um, it's called Speed Dial the Universe Journal, and I just love it. And it, it allows me to set my gratitude. You write down my six big rocks so I know exactly what I'm going to be doing today, talking about what I hope the universe is bringing my way. So it's just this beautiful journal that's already pre-ready that I just write through it. Um, I've got my matcha green tea. I got my smoothie. Um, and I do I do a little bit, like I'll step outside for a little bit just to kind of get some, just to suck in that beautiful nature. It is the summertime, so it's the perfect time to be outside. Um, and sometimes I, I live on a hill. So sometimes I will go out for 10 minutes and walk that hill a couple of times as well. So, but today I'm doing the hill a little bit later. It didn't happen this morning, but the other things did. That's beautiful. That's so important. It's so healing, especially connecting to nature first thing in the morning and hydrating. It's, you know, it doesn't have to be so complex. Get outside and breathe, drink a glass of water, say something kind. So no, it doesn't have to be hard at all. And it, it shouldn't be hard. Again, it's about protecting our energy. So I don't want it to be hard. I want it to feel, you know, one, the one thing that women do not need more of is a bunch of extra. And I've learned that even as a practitioner who wants to give women protocols and set them up for all these things. But, you know, I think that if we can start easy, we begin to feel these shifts and we take on a little bit more and we take on a little bit more. And that's really what I'm looking for for women. And if women are interested in essential oils and they haven't yet dipped in their toes, what are some easy ways they can start understanding this really healthy practice? Absolutely. I mean, I think it depends on kind of checking in to see what your kind of what your greatest need is. Is it energy? Is it brain boosting? Is it stress relief? Is just something that smells good, that feels good. I mean, that's kind of how I would start is what exactly are we looking for? I love, I have a diffuser running right here. So we have diffusers all over the house and every diffuser has a little bundle of oils around it. Um, And I have like a combination of like energizing oils and I've got calming oils because the diffusers run about eight hours and then they turn off and then I flip, I put more water in them and run with calming oils. So what's so great is I have a little bundle next to every diffuser where I get to choose my mood. So I think for, for me, when I'm using oils, and not to say that I don't use oils for sunburns and tummy aches and, and headaches and, and respiratory support and colds and flus, I use them for all that stuff too. But every single day, I'm using them to choose my mood. And I love that there's just this beautiful selection of mood balancing, mood happiness oils that I could just be like, you know what? You are the mood I want to have today. So I think just having a like, couple of citruses, a couple of florals, like lavender, alang-alang, jasmine, um, clary sage, I call that the Beyonce of hormone essential oils, or citruses, you know, wild orange, lemon, grapefruit, tangerine, something that feels really bright and beautiful. Um, Just having a couple of those that feel really good for mood support and emotional support, I think is a great way to get started. So a 
with a bunch of my clients, there's this level of waking up in the morning and just feeling like, meh, like maybe a little understimulated, maybe uninspired by the day. What's the best oil to kind of really pull in that inspiration? Absolutely. So there are two oils that I think of. I will, they are kind of the sexy oils. Um, so they're not the cheapest. I'm, I'll, let me think about a cheap oil on, while I'm mentioning these two. But the two that I think about are jasmine and neroli. Now, jasmine and neroli boost inner confidence. They boost belief. They, they energize and they're designed to boost the right neurochemistry. And they're very feminine as well. So they bring in that inner feminine wisdom that each and us each and every one of us has, right, as women. And so those two oils, I have never shared those two oils and not had every single woman elicit that, oh my gosh, ooh, I am a superwoman now kind of response. So Neroli and Jasmine are my two favorites. I also have a blend that I'm most known for. It's called my Superwoman Blend. And I have thousands of women all over the world making this blend all the time, friends gifting it to friends. It's so fun. It's a hormone support blend, but it's also, I call it the zone of genius blend. And it's in a little 10 mil roller. I don't think I have a, let me grab a 10 mil roller real quick. It's in a 10 mil roller like this. And it is 12 drops of clary sage, seven, sorry, sorry, 12 drops of clary sage, 10 drops of lavender, five drops of geranium, five drops of cedarwood, and four drops of alang-alang. And you just top it off with a carrier oil like Jehovah oil, fractionated coconut oil. And this blend is magic. It's like superwoman Beyonce magic. And I just have women roll it over their palms, over their wrists, on their neck. You can wear it as perfume. And it is such a profound oil. It smells decadent. It smells feminine. And it just gets you into that like super boosted zone of genius. So it's one of my other favorites. I wear it every single day. I mean, it is my favorite blend. So that's a favorite of mine too. That's incredible. And we'll link to all of these blends in the footnotes so you can check them out. And I know today you're coming on to really share your great work. And I'm always so fascinated by female entrepreneurs. What was the process for you in building this business while still staying very authentic to your brand? Mm, That is such a good question. I, I can't tell you that I always was that authentic early in. You know, I had a vision that that people wanted a, a doctor a certain kind of way. And maybe that my sassiness or my my Latina extra wasn't what a lot of people thought as a practitioner. They're like, huh, I don't really think about my doctors like that. And so I think initially I did struggle with my authenticity because I was I really wanted to give people what they needed. And um, but then you know after as the brand was developing and it felt not as authentic as I wanted to be. And clearly my little voice was creeping on in there. Um, you know, we, I, we really found a way for me to kind of slowly embrace who I truly was um, and, you know, and be loved for that as well. So I will say that there, it was a little bit rocky. I remember even graduating and, and becoming a doctor and I had such dear friends of mine who were very composed and very serious and very calm. And I was like, I am none of those things. I don't know how to become those things. Um, so, you know, it, it just, you know, you think you have this idea or this vision of what something should look like or what you should look like as you step into that next phase in your life. 
And then you, then all of a sudden you realize you like, that was never who I was supposed to be. So, uh, but it's, it's a beautiful discovery to land in that authenticity. I feel like the, my, the brand is, is more me than ever before. I feel like people are getting a lot of me where they get a lot of me is on the podcast because I, especially on my own personal episodes, um, because I really am showcasing what I think is the most important, um, topic for women and what my thoughts, what my research has demonstrated or I've found to be the case. Uh, so I, you know, it's, it's been a process, but I feel like today we've kind of owned where we want to be. In terms of being an entrepreneur, I think the bigger struggle for me has been how do you, how, again, how do you protect your energy when you're serving so many women? You know, when I show up to an event, I was just speaking at an event last weekend and also incredible entrepreneurial women, mostly about a room of like 300 entrepreneurial women, rock stars in their own right, but struggling with hormone issues, struggling with stress, struggling with all kinds of things. And I was speaking specifically on owning your purpose. And what does that mean? And how do we own our purpose? And how does that drive us in our in our business? But what women wanted to know is how they can manage their ovarian cysts. And how they can deal with, you know, the, the, their period that isn't consistent. So I was, as I'm, I'm, I must have had 50 conversations with women who were like, help me, help me, help me. And so even when I'm trying to wear the hat of like, let's have this vision and purpose, everyone's like, yeah, but you know how to fix my reproductive issues. <laughs> can we have that conversation? So I think it's important to be able to. Um, hold space for yourself and to protect your energy because we we can really I mean we can lend to serving so big that we forget who we are in the process so that's always something I got to work on I'm always using oils when I'm working on other women so that I'm working on that energy for myself Absolutely. And that's like a life alter when you can keep your thoughts and feelings close and keep everybody else's thoughts and feelings at at arm or two arms length away while still being compassionate and feminine and loving it's a balancing act. I mean, magicians, it's, it's really, it's witchcraft. And I know when you hopped on, we were talking between, yes, I know, like multitasking of all the things. You talk a, a lot about diet as well. Is there any specific food or healing practices that you can share with our listeners? Absolutely. So I do believe that things are, you know, tailored to our own biological needs. I mean, I don't think that there's one, one, you know, one particular diet or one particular way of eating that's going to serve all women across the board. But what I do know is that there are hormone loving foods and there are hormone sabotaging foods. And I wish that there wasn't hormone sabotaging foods, but there are. And as a girl who has Hajimoto's thyroiditis and a girl who struggled with our own hormone issues, I will tell you when I move, remove those foods and I focus on the good foods, the hormone loving foods, I feel so much better. I don't feel so inflamed. I don't feel so out of whack. I don't feel so energy depleted. Um, so oftentimes when I'm working with women, I actually have a, a kind of a, a hormone reset plan that I share a lot with women. It's in my book. So I love that I built it into the book, very easy to follow with recipes, the lists, everything to make it super easy. But the hormone, um, the hormone sabotaging foods are, are so often are grains. And it could be all grains. I don't know all the time, but I usually have women kind of break up with grains, break up with corn, break up with eggs, break up with dairy, break up with sugar, um, even break up with caffeine because it depends on the person. You could easily be a high caffeine metabolizer, but caffeine can trigger 
physiological responses when you're already at a heightened stress level. So I always think it's important to kind of just break up with it for a little bit. And then hormone loving foods, you know, healthy fats, lots of fruits and vegetables of the rainbow, um, focusing on lean proteins, but like organic, wild as much as possible. Um, green smoothies are a big thing for me, matcha green tea or green teas. So like, you know, just really taking a moment and really fueling the body in a very nourishing way. And I have found that that can really shift a lot of things for women. Um, nutrition was my first love. My first five books was on nutrition. And I have spent 10 years studying nutrition, particularly for women and for myself in my own <laughs> hormone journey. So, um, but you know, again, some people like, for instance, I, um, after meeting with a lot of practitioners, I don't do well with sulfur driven foods. And so I had to remove cruciferous vegetables, which was the biggest heartbreak of my life because I am broccoli and cauliflower. I'm literally made of it. And so you, but you wouldn't necessarily know that unless you were to go and further investigate. Right. And so I, those are favorite foods. They're in the book. I, they're hormone loving foods, but you may be someone who just doesn't manage sulfur as well as somebody else. And sometimes you got to put those foods to the wayside as well. And that's what I mean by bio-individual. And, but you have to go and see a doctor to figure those things out. And um, I know that that can be expensive, that can be trying. So in the meantime, I feel like my recommendations kind of mostly are broadly phenomenal for, for most women out there. Hi everyone, Erin here. So sorry to interrupt today's episode, but I have something amazing to share with you. Do you want to become a mindfulness or well-being strategist? Perhaps so. If you do, I have the exact program for you in partnership with UPeace, the United Nations Institution. We are offering a three-month training to certify people in mindfulness and well-being strategy. This is a three-month virtual program plus one week in-person retreat in Osada, Costa Rica. This certificate is in partnership with UPeace, a United Nations international school that focuses on social innovation, entrepreneurship, and peace building. The certificate will train participants in meditation, mindfulness, coaching, positive psychology, emotional intelligence, new ways of healing, sales funnels, branding, overall modern day wellness and how you can launch and grow a business. As a graduate, you can take on one-on-one -on -one clients as a well-being strategist, offer wellness programming in corporations, schools, and more. Build your own wellness programming and learn how to attract clients and grow your business. Definitely check out the links in the footnotes would love, love, love to have you. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you soon. And there's simple things of just becoming in tune with your body. If you eat something and you're tired, guess what? It's not of highest good for you. If you eat something and you break out, tough shit. It's not for you. And I think we try to make everything so dramatic and we make everything so difficult. Just check in. It's uh, it's also like meditation. Like we believe there's one way to meditate when in reality, there's 8 billion people in this world. There's 8 billion different ways to eat for optimum health, 8 billion different ways to really have that deep mindful meditation practice. And I know for me, I'm writing my first book right now and I would just love to hear, yeah, it's very exciting. It also brings out the... It, all all the things in the heart, all the shadow, all like the dark side of the moon. And um, what are some of your rituals to help you really sit down, channel and, and get those words on paper? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I am a researcher. So right now I'm working, I'm researching for book number eight. I haven't started writing book number eight because I always feel like, well, I will say what I have 
in the beginning, I may have had the issue where I, I didn't have enough to say. I didn't think I'd ha I'd fill the words on paper. But now they cut me off at 75,000 words. And I'm like, can I just give you 100,000? Like, <laughs> can I just handle you? Can I just hand over? So I'm kind of a word vomiter. I, you know, and really what it is, is I, I take in all this information. So I'm reading about 20 books for my next book. I'm reading several articles. So I'm just downloading information into my head. And I sit down and I start outlining the book. So I start outlining kind of the biggest vision for what I want. And then I start breaking down every chapter. And then every chapter has an outline. And then at that point, it's just filling in the, the gaps. And I'll tell you what, girl, I do not struggle with the content. I, I It's too much coming out of my mouth at any given time. But that's what I would normally recommend somebody. If they're struggling, they're not figuring out. Now, mind you, my books are so often resources, you know, resourceful books. And so it's really about putting facts on paper. Not to say that there aren't stories in there, because there are. But really, I'm trying to give women the information to make great decisions for their health and well-being. So I, I, we, I'll have an entire chapter on, th on thyroid concerns and how to heal the thyroid naturally. I could write a whole book on that topic, but I'm going to have to just get it into a chapter. You know what I'm saying? So I really what it is, it's, it's mapping it out with an outline that is going to make it as clear and concise and make it as easy to understand to an everyday reader so that they can take that information and do something with it. So that's always what's in the back of my mind. How do I break this down? down where it feels very applicable it those aha moments happen and then they feel like they can move forward with action with calls to action with that information they're given so that's how I approach everything that I write um, because if, if you read this book and you don't know what to do with it or you have no action plan then I have failed you miserably that's always the intention so my outlines are literally created around how can women take this info and then put it to use that's so beautiful. Again, simplifying everything, making it digestible and sharing it with the world. Yeah. Yeah. And girl, I promise once you get started, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I got so much to say. I got too much to say. I, you know, I remember this book, they made me cut down 15,000 words. It was going to be 500 pages. And they were like, nobody wants a 500 page book. Nobody. And they were like, you got to get this sucker down to 400. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like you want me to cut how much out of this book, you know? And so <laughs> that's incredible. That's yeah. The hard part. Yeah. That is really hard. I agree. It's the content is there. And I'm also, I'm doing heavy research as it's the, the integration of clinical psychology and like Eastern ritual. So it is a lot of that research. And I guess like, it's more of the finding the literary agent, like the things that are, are, you know, not as sexy to do. Um, but it's definitely fun and it's so wild to just sit there and be like, oh, I'm writing a book right now. Like, this is really fun. It is really fun. It, it is. And that's, and you know, you're ahead of the game if you're already writing the book before you've got the agent. And in terms of looking for an agent, I mean, you know, there's different agents who focus on different areas, you know, of, 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 of of a book, I guess a book area of expertise. Like there are definitely book agents who just do wellness books and book agents who just do fiction. And so what I would do is based on the books that you're looking at that are related to your topic, I go into the, into the acknowledgements area and look to see who that agent is. Um, cause they're going to mention them. I promise you, you'll, my, my agents mentioned in my books, right? She's very much a health and wellness agent. And so that's what I was looking for. I was like, okay, who, who is rocking in this book world? How do I get into this world? You know, after writing all these books, I wanted to get a really 
big book. I wanted a hardcover, you know, and um, that was always my big dream was a hardcover book. And so this book number seven was that. And but I, you know, it took me a minute and then all the pieces kind of came together, you know, and and so I had done again, it's doing that research as well. So I always tell people if you're looking for an agent, you're looking to up level and take it to the next level, start looking at the books that you that that are related to yours and see who those agents are and then start doing some outreach there. Thank you. That's so helpful. I will definitely do that. Tell us about your seventh book. Yeah. So it's called The Essential Oils Hormone Solution. I don't know if we're doing video or not, but I'll show it to you guys. It's right here. It's this very elegant looking book. Um, and really the, what the, the number one reason why I wrote it was one, I wanted women to really understand how their hormones worked because I know that so often a lot of us are not getting that information at the doctor's office and I am, I'm over it. I just, I'm ready for us to understand how our bodies work. So in, um, not only do, do we dial into what is going on with our hormone systems, how is it interconnected, but then also how we can leverage daily self-care, the, my foundational five, kind of that, those foundational pieces to get our health back on track and then leveraging essential oils to really bridge the gap, to make things easier. You can use oils for cravings. You can use oils for sleep. You can use oils for energy and mood support and stress reduction. And sometimes it's just nice to have a tool that works in 10 seconds that can get us to where we want to be in that moment. And so every chapter in part two, I just break down, well, what does fatigue look like? How is it that fatigue happens in our body? You know, how does, how does it that we are not able to sleep at night? What's going on with our libido? What's going on with our digestive system? And then giving you solutions. And then part three, is the full is the full kit and caboodle because what's the point of writing a book without a plan and not everyone's going to want the plan but for those who do you've got this beautiful 14 day plan it's kind of a kickstart because i know 14 days is is manageable enough that we can do it and i've had thousands and thousands and thousands of women far more than i imagined go through this plan. I just got a, I just got a little, um, an Instagram DM a couple days ago where this, this woman and her name was Emma. She and her partner out of West Ireland is do they're doing, they just did the 14 day reset in the book and they were like, Oh my goodness, we're going to continue it. And she's like, we have more energy. She's like, we are so healthy, but we had no idea how much more better we could feel until after we did this. And we're in it. We're in it. We don't even know how long we'll do it, but we're going to keep on doing it. And I just loved it. She was just like, I just needed you to know how much that little program meant to the two of us. And so it's those, those moments every day where you're just like, ah, oh, those little wins, those little aha moments that really change the game for women. And it's just 14 days, right? I love that little 14 day challenge. I pretty much eat that way all the time because I kind of, I'm pretty much at a place where I kind of have to do it. But I'll tell you what, I remember when, when I was just dabbling and kind of just cleaning out the stuff that I probably shouldn't put into my body and how much better I felt the clarity, the energy, the, you know, just having food freedom, not feeling I wouldn't call it an addiction per se, but like, you know, that desire, that pull to eat sugar, that pull to eat these things. And I was just like, I'm free from it. I don't, I don't even, I don't even want it. And that feels really good. You really do feel like, you know what? I can choose how I really want to feel my body. Absolutely. And I feel very similarly, especially when I'm working, I work a lot with clients who are building spiritual based businesses. And that's like a, a whole new area that is just very fascinating. If you're eating the healthy diet, if you're listening to your inner intuition, if you're meditating, if you're connecting to your body and the world around you, it's you remove all the blocks and you just let 
the clients come to you. The money comes to you. The energy comes to you. And it's just showing up for those initial rituals, those initial practices. Cook the nourishing food. Use the essential oil. Double your devotion. Sit down. Meditate. And if anything, I just... This is everything that I really put together in in the Certificate of Mindfulness and Well-Being strategy that I just launched. And it's, you clear all the blocks, you share it with the world. I'm so thrilled to hear that people resonate and it just takes time to sit down and do it just to show up. Your great work is to show up. Yeah, absolutely. It's so true. I mean, it, it that's it. That is more than half the battle is just to show up and and be present. Um, and making those slight changes, those little things. I always tell people, success is just those little decisions, those little habits every single day that compound over time. That's really what it is. And when you're driven by purpose, when you're driven by something that is a non-negotiable, because I think true purpose is a non-negotiable. Like, you, how do you not get up and just just be on fire to do it? You just you put those those steps in place. And um, and then over time, that becomes something really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. And if you had the ears of all the women in the world, what would you like to share with these women? Absolutely. The number one thing I want to share is that you are deserving of healing miracles. I know sometimes it feels like we don't know what's going on with our bodies and we're not exactly sure how we got there, but just note that your body is right for healing miracles. And it's that first step is believing that's true for you really sets the tone for our healing. And I know that I didn't necessarily believe it at first that I deserved healing miracles. But once I cued into that, a lot of things just started to fall into place, the habits, the rituals, you know, the, the nourishing of my body, because I knew that my body deserved those things. So that's my, my big message. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Dr. Marisa. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Absolutely. As always, everyone who is listening, please comment below what healing practices help you show up for yourself. What rituals help you stay calm, centered, and present? Let us know if you have any questions, comments, or feelings from this podcast. As always with podcasts, we need high rating subscribers and comments to receive good standing and to continue sharing wise words with women around the globe. So please comment, subscribe, rate us. We love hearing from you. Big, big love and looking forward to chatting again next week. Thank you so much.